Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. How's it going, everybody? Carl Story here with the official Fightful Boxing Podcast. This is January 24, 2019. New Fightful Boxing newsletter is out, as it is every other Thursday, I should say. You can head on over to Fightful.com and FightfulBoxing.com for all the latest news in boxing, as well as all the latest news in pro wrestling and MMA. But now we got boxing here on Fightful, and we got plenty to talk about on this podcast the biggest thing, I should say, for the last couple of days, actually since yesterday, the Manny Pacquiao versus Adrian Broner fight. Uh, we're not going to get really deep into what happened last Saturday night since we've already, since I already discussed that in a very lengthy uh, review that I did the day after the fight. So you can check on check that review over on the Fightful MMA and Boxing YouTube channel. Give us a uh, subscribe. Hit us. Give us a thumbs up. We really do appreciate all the feedback. Head on over to iTunes and leave us a comment over a uh, positive review and feedback over on the Fightful bo- uh, podcast page. It really does mean a lot to us. It does help us tremendously. Just giving us that positive feedback over there on iTunes. But yeah, we we are, we're already discussed. The Pacquiao Broner fight, my thoughts on it. You can check it out over there on the FIFA MMA and Boxing YouTube channel. Uh, but the only thing that I do have to say about the fight is that uh, a lot of people are really, really kind of now starting to get into the idea that maybe Adrian Broner, uh, his time as a main eventer is kind of done. Uh, or at least for big, big fights, it's kind of done because we've seen him lose big fight after big fight. And now we're just at the point where, Hey, listen, even, yeah, he may have won a world title in four different weight classes, but that at that point, that doesn't really do anything that really is not going to work anymore. If you keep losing all these big fights on these big stages. So, uh, the, the, the one thing that 
that is new since that review and now is the reported buy rate. Uh, ESPN said that it's somewhere between around 400,000, at least that, which actually is above my own projections. I thought it was going to be somewhere between uh, 350 and 375. Uh, positive, positive buy rate. It's not not going to set the world on fire. It was more than Deontay Wilder versus Tyson Fury, which I kind of thought was carrying a lot more momentum heading into fight week uh, versus Pacquiao and Broner. But I mean, this this is not a surprise that it did more uh, pay-per-view buys. Pacquiao is the biggest star amongst the four uh, pay-per-view headliners in the last couple of months. And yeah, this was... uh, is is was this was positive news? Uh, there was wo- worried that the seventy five dollar price tag for, or at least what Showtime is saying, is the HD version. But I mean, who really is going to buy the the standard definition of a pay per view? They're, they're really not. They're going to go all out. But this, yeah, so four hundred thousand at seventy five dollars a pop. That would make it thirty million. That that actually would be the most he's generated in a fight since. I believe the third Timothy Bradley fight in 2016, early 2016, which I believe may have done just about that kind of buy rate or did around that around that uh, pay-per-view revenue. This is basically numbers in terms of buy rates and revenue generated is somewhere around that ballpark. So it's not terrible. It's not great, but it does show that Outside of Canelo Alvarez, Manny Pacquiao is still the biggest pay-per-view draw in the United States. And that really goes without saying. Gennady Golovkin, for great as he is, his two pay-per-view main events before the Gennady Golovkin fight didn't even break 200000 So that really goes to show where guys like Canelo and Manny Pacquiao and Gennady Golovkin stand. Uh, so where does this leave... Manny Pacquiao in terms of getting the Floyd Mayweather fight. Well, as I wrote in the newsletter, we're I think Mayweather is going to really take his time and consider uh, his options if he even is going to come out of retirement. I mean, if he is going to come out of retirement, the one fight that makes sense would be the Manny Pacquiao rematch because against any of the other welterweights, uh, the younger, it, while it may be a high-profile fight, it really wouldn't do much. Uh, it wouldn't do as much as a rematch against Pacquiao. Even if Errol Spence uh, makes a lot, uh, gets a lot of buys for the Mikey Garcia fight in March at Cowboy Stadium or AT&T Stadium, as however you want to call it. But the main thing is going to be what's going to happen in the next couple of months. Because as I wrote in the newsletter... Do you have the entire welterweight division, or at least the top of the welterweight division that PBC has on their roster, uh, fighting in the next couple of months? This Saturday, we got Keith Thurman. Uh, we got both Sean Porter my, and Errol Spence Jr. fighting in March, and then you got Danny Garcia fighting in April. So there's a lot of different fighters that could potentially be Manny Pacquiao's next opponent. So I think Al Heyman is not going to rush to make this fight happen between Mayweather and Pacquiao, if it is still possible. Leonard Ellaby said after the fight in a press conference, you know, Floyd's happily retired. He's He doesn't have the desire to fight anymore. But listen, 
was really funny about him him saying that is that we kind of heard this story time and time again with Floyd Mayweather. He's not gonna he's not gonna come out of retirement. He's happy with the life he's living right now. He made all he's made all the money in the world. He, why does he need to come back? But listen. If, if there's anything we've learned about Floyd Mayweather is that nothing is impossible and there's no such thing as retirement for Floyd Mayweather. He just did an exhibition battle against Tenshin Nasikawa, which he certainly did not treat it as an exhibition or a sparring match. He really, he actually did try to really, you know, end the night quickly. And hey, it was the easiest $9 million he's made, but. Quite frankly, I think with the way this the schedule lines up, I think Mayweather is probably going to spend the next couple of months thinking about it. He's going to be asked that question about coming out of retirement for, for a good while and maybe for the next few years or so. But quite frankly, what we're going to see is, you know, Pacquiao is going to bide his time. I don't, I don't expect Pacquiao to come back until the summer, even though he really kind of didn't get hurt or anything. You know, well, he did have the the small uh, the minor my, uh, eye injury, but it was but it's an injury he's had before, and it's nothing too serious. Uh, so there really isn't anything to worry about on that front. So June might be the earliest we can expect Pacquiao to be back against who? It's literally anybody's guess. Uh, Mayweather. A lot of people think that's going to be the fight. I don't know if that's going to happen. No, it's funny from the time that I did the review of Pacquiao versus Broner and discussed the potential rematch against Pacquiao and Mayweather, there was a conference call between Keith Thurman and the media and Josecito Lopez. And someone asked Keith Thurman about a fight, about Mayweather and coming out of retirement and the kind of non-answer that he gave last Saturday night. And what he said was really interesting. He was, you know, if you notice, Mayweather was being very coy. He did not say, he didn't specifically say yes or no. He just said, maybe we'll see what happens after. I don't know. But one thing that was very, very noteworthy was after the fight, Pacquiao said, hey, let's fight you and me. And Mayweather didn't even acknowledge him. And so Keith Thurman was talking about it in the conference call. And he said, listen, Floyd Mayweather is now at the point of his life where you're, you're, you're he didn't say insulting, but he basically said you're kind of insulting Floyd Mayweather by asking about him. Because, listen, if anything we know about Mayweather is that uh, dollar signs and dollar figures are going to attract Floyd Mayweather's attention. So you're not going to get anything concrete from Floyd unless you give him, you know, something written in paper, a figure. Uh, a date or, or something that guarantees Mayweather a really big payday. Uh, Thurman threw a number out there, hundred million. Uh, I don't know if that's going to be quite enough for, for Mayweather to come back. It might be, it might be enough for Floyd Mayweather to come back, but really I think we're, we're going to have this wait and see game. I don't know what's going to happen any, it's literally anybody's guess. Leonard LB says he's retired. Floyd Mayweather after the tension Nasikawa fight or, or I guess sparring session, exhibition bout, whatever you want to call it. He said he's happily retired, but we've had this dance. We've had this song and dance for quite some time. So I don't know. I, 
I don't believe him. Uh, I've learned that not to take anything Floyd says as face value regarding his career and regarding a lot of stuff uh, regarding the fighters that he promotes. I mean, Leonard Ellerby gives more straightforward answers than than Floyd Mayweather when it comes to the promotional side. And even then, you know, it's still kind of, you know, topsy-turvy. We just don't know. There's so much uncertainty with Floyd Mayweather that it's not something that's going to be resolved very uh, quickly. This we're not gonna we're gonna have this discussion for the next few months. This is not something that's going to be resolved in two or three weeks. It just will not. But while Manny Pacquiao is certainly doing a lot with PBC, the Zone is also doing a lot with with trying to sign as many free agents as possible. Uh, last couple of weeks. They signed Daniel Jacobs, the IBF middleweight champion. They signed Dimitri Bivol, who is the WBA light heavyweight champion. And with signing Bivol, you also got the World of Boxing roster, which is a very good roster. And I think that's going to be a big, big help in trying to attract kind of like more of the hardcore boxing fans that are sort of that really are attracted to the the Russian or the Asian boxing scene. So. So you're in don't and believe me, there are people that are hardcore fans just for de- fighters from that kind of region and getting world of boxing not only gives the zone a lot of depth, but it certainly does give the zone another world champion. And lastly, they also got IBF super bantamweight champion TJ Doheny or Donnie or whatever you want to call it on the, the, the on Doheny's last card. They pronounced it Doheny and Donnie. So. I don't know. I think it's interchangeable, but the way the zone is getting these free agents, and I think it's very interesting how, what the plan is for some of those guys are. Now, with Dahani and Jacobs, we already know what the plan is. I mean, Jacobs signed the three-fight deal. His first fight is going to be against Kenil Alvarez on May 4. In, you know, it's not, they have not officially said Las Vegas, uh, but it's kind of a formality at this point. They're just waiting to get the final word from the Nevada State Acl- uh, Athletic Commission. They already reserved T-Mobile Arena for May 4th, so I expect that to be announced in next week I, I or in the next couple of weeks. Uh, if not late January, early February, February is when I expect the venue to be officially announced. And hey, that, that's a great deal for Jacobs, a three-fight deal, because it not only guarantees... Jacobs a shot at Canelo, but it also kind of in case Jacobs loses, there's still a potential big fight at that second or third fight uh, on that the zone contract. Whether it be get against Gennady Golovkin if he does fight uh, sign with the zone, or against Demetrius Andrade who is right now busy fighting or negotiating with Billy Joe Saunders, and we'll get to that later on. But Jacobs is joining a loaded middleweight roster that the zone has between matchroom boxing and golden boy promotions. And with Doheny, you, the super bandweight division may not be as loaded on the zone as it is the middleweights, but you, but what you, the zone does have is Daniel Roman, who is the WBA champion. And now the idea is to have Roman and Doheny have a unification bout later this year. So, those are already two fighters with plans to have big fights later this year, and those and that's great. Those are the kind of fights that does attract the zone. 
But when they come out and sign Dimitri Bivol, in the aftermath of the rumors that Arthur Bertabiev, who is the IBF light heavyweight champion, left the zone uh, abruptly, uh, unceremoniously, how you, however you want to call it, and then you put Bivol against Joe Smith Jr., who I don't, I'm not knocking, but that's not in a fight that you're putting on as your main event, and that's going to get a uh, lot of new subscribers on the zone. So what we're seeing is kind of now how what moves the needle in terms of getting subscriptions for the zone. And it's becoming abundantly clear that's not just getting a world champion and a good world champion, but putting him in position that guarantees people who are kind of thinking about getting the zone or renewing their the zone subscription, thinking, hey, they got this new guy, and later this year, we're going to get this big fight. With Jacobs, we already got that. With Yohandi, we already got that. With Bivol, we just don't have that. So, because ESPN has Elidor Alvarez and Alexander Vostik, the IBF, not the IBF, the WBC and WBO champions. And Baterbiev, he's... It could be anyone's guess where he ends up, or he could just simply shop around and just fight, uh, be on one fight deals with different networks or or whatever. It really is a free-for-all with Baterbiev, but now that Bivol is on the zone, there's nothing out there that Matchroom or Golden Boy has on their respective rosters that you can say, hey, we can, we'll, we'll put them, we'll, we'll, we'll put them in, in line for a shot at Bivol. Instead, we got Joe Smith Jr. in early March in Verona, New York. And that's not an attractive fight. And what we've noticed is the fact that when you have world champions on your roster, you need to put them with big fights. That's why when Canelo Alvarez signed with the zone and we had the Rocky Fielding fight last month, it didn't attract a lot of attention because that's not an attractive fight. Yes, it is Canelo Alvarez, but because the B side is weak or doesn't have a lot of name value, it essentially means nothing. So now with the zone, the what the zone should do is look at what they have already on their roster. They got several big names uh, on their platform. They got Anthony Joshua by proxy of Matchroom Boxing. They got Canelo Alvarez. They got the middleweights. They got a good super band of weight unification about being cooked up for later this year. And you got plenty of other solid names across multiple divisions. So now it's no, so now the, the focus on the, the zone, in my opinion, shouldn't be getting as many free agents as you can, like, you know, indiscriminately. But make sure you have the proper B side to the A side stars that you already have. Because we've already seen it with the, the zone card this past weekend. Demetrius Andre versus Arthur Akivov will not attract new subscribers. While Andre is a phenomenal boxer, and I think he's utterly brilliant, he does not give a type of performance that will certainly get people excited for some of his future fights. And, and that's in part due to 
the opponents he's, he's had in the last couple of fights not being anything that gets people really excited. No offense to Walter Kautondokwa or Arthur Akvoff, but it's not what the people want. They want unification fights. They want big stars going up against big stars. And for as much as people might not like Andre facing Billy Joe Saunders potentially, that's a much better fight than Andre versus Kautondokwa or Akvoff. See, I would choose a Saunders fight a hundred times out of a hundred over those two. No, again, no offense to to those other two boxers, and we're we're certainly going to get that because the WBO yesterday, I believe it was yesterday or two days ago, they announced that Billy Joe Saunders' six month suspension is effectively over. It got cut short to about four months. Actually, I say about four months. It was about a four month long suspension. And we're seeing, and now they order negotiations to happen. And we're getting, we're essentially getting, we're essentially going to get that fight because there's a purse bed due for February 21st if there is no fight, uh, if no deal is struck. And as much as Eddie Hearn, who promotes Saunders, you know, wants to put him up there with some of the best middleweights out there in the division, he's going to have to take a bullet. And negotiate a deal with with Frank Warren, who promotes Billy Joe Saunders. And quite frankly, if you ask me, because those two are gonna clash heads and negotiations, I just there's like a ninety percent chance that's gonna happen. This fight's likely just gonna go to purse bids, and it's gonna be a, a question of who is going to win that purse bid. I think we've seen. The zone proved that they got plenty of money to throw around, but we also but we also seen Matchroom Boxing and the Zone, uh, unfortunately lose out on these purse bids. We saw it with Maurice Hooker a few months back when there was a purse bid between Matchroom Boxing and Top Rank for Maurice Hooker versus Alex Salcedo. Top Rank won that purse bid and it got put on ESPN. So now. It's going to be a question of where does the fight land? Because I think it's still, it's, I think it's still going to happen stateside unless Warren wins that purse bid and could, and has essentially the staying power to put that fight on, on a boxing card in England. And who knows? Because of Frank Warren's uh, connections with ESPN, who to say that fight doesn't even does uh, lands on ESPN Plus? So there's a lot of factors, there's a lot of moving pieces going around with this situation that it quite frankly is gonna be very interesting to see in the next few weeks. I do think that Saunders and Andre is gonna be a good fight. I think it's gonna be a very good fight for fans of technical boxing because I think we're gonna get a a very very good boxing clinic. For 12 rounds, I don't know who would win that one. I really don't. Maybe Andre. Maybe Andre wins that one, but I'm just not sure. Andre hasn't really impressed in his two fights uh, in WBO middleweight title fights. He just has not. He looked great against lesser opponents, but he hasn't blown anyone out of the water, not by a long shot. So, hey, 
I personally am excited for that fight because I think that could end up as a very, very good fight. And I think people are sleeping on that fight because Andre's gonna Andre's gonna be involved in it and they're already starting to sour on his fights on TV. So we will see. I do think that there's say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. A lot, a lot of good for Andre and Saunders moving forward. And the zone, I think the zone's going to ultimately get that fight because they really want to get as many big fights and world title fights done as possible. But, you know, trying to fill up that schedule. And I don't know. I don't know where the zone goes from here when it comes to getting guys uh, signing these free agents and not necessarily having a plan for them like Bivol. With Gennady Golovkin, if he does end up signing with the zone, and I'm surprised he hasn't made his choice already because even though I expected him to not make an announcement until 2019, I didn't expect him to go all the way till end of January to uh, without making a decision. So if Golovkin signs with the zone, that kind of does create a problem for his first fight because all the middleweight uh, elite fighters that the zone has, they're they're busy. Jacobs is busy. Alvarez is busy. Andre's busy with Saunders. And other than those three, they don't really have anyone else that, you know, presents a really, really exciting challenge for for fan uh for Golovkin and for and something for fans to latch onto and and make us a the zone subscription because if you put and I'm just putting a name out there you put Golovkin against a I don't know a Gabriel Rosado that's not that's not going to be enough for for people to to sign up for the zone they're not going to sign up for just Gennady Golovkin, they're going to sign up for Gennady Golovkin against Daniel Jacobs. Gennady Golovkin versus Demetrius Andre. Gennady Golovkin versus Canelo Alvarez and all these big stars. And you're going to see a similar situation with Golovkin. I mean, uh, yeah, with Golovkin, as you had with Canelo last month, where the promise of the star is not going to be enough to drive up numbers. And the zone really needs all the stars they can get to match them up because it's not just so because you can't just sign stars and that's it and expect the numbers to go up because it's all about making compelling fights and more often than not the zone has not done that and the fights that we have had while they have been good 
And in my eyes, I really enjoyed a lot of these cards. But to the casual fan, to the average boxing fan that doesn't even have an HBO or a Showtime subscription and will watch whatever ESPN has or whatever Fox has or whatever Fox Sports 1 has, that's not going to be enough for them. You know, casual fans, you know, they'll if they want to see Gennady Golovkin, you know, they'll make a sub, the zone subscription, but you're not going to get a lot of subscriptions just based on putting Golovkin out there uh, in the ring against just about anybody. And there's been a lot of weird tension going on with, or at least rumor tension, between Golovkin and Tom Lofler, his longtime promoter. Uh, there have been a lot of rumors saying that Golovkin and Lawler has split. Uh, Lawler has kind of denied those rumors on Twitter. It's very, it's a very bizarre situation where you're putting Golovkin and, and Lawler in a very weird position where they're not just trying to negotiate big fight uh, uh, with either the Zone or PVC or Top Rank, but also they're also trying to, you know, finesse their way through all the. For all this promotional and political uh, crap shoot, so to speak. And I don't know. And I don't know where this uh, Golovkin ends up. There's At this point, I think, I believe the offer of three fights on the zone with the likely third rematch, uh, third fight against Canel Alvarez is still out there. But I don't know if anything's changed. I don't know if. Gennady Golovkin is willing to wait a little longer because he's not going to get the super big fights that he wants at 160 pounds until the summer at the earliest. So I don't know. I, I think Golovkin's going to end up on the zone one way or another. Maybe not on a three-fight deal. Maybe not on a five-fight five deal. Maybe on a two or even one-fight deal. It really depends on what's going to... Uh, what the zone has to offer Golovkin in fights. And speaking of offering big names fights on the zone, Anthony Joshua is right now in a very, very strange situation when it comes to getting his next fight. We're just going to throw this out there. Anthony Joshua versus Deontay Wilder, not going to happen next. It's definitely not going to happen because... Uh, more negotiation problems or De Deontay Wilder just wants the rematch against Tyson Fury. Really, it kind of, you know, there's so many factors uh, outside that's going to prevent Wilder versus Fury. Uh, Wa yeah, Wilder versus Joshua, I should say, that we're not going to get that fight for the first half of 2019 or maybe, and even 2019 in general, we're not going to get that fight. So where does Joshua go from here? Right now, the the fights that are lined up for Joshua are the following. There's the April 13th fight at Wembley against Dillian White. Now, Dillian White has been offered £4 million if, to take the Joshua fight. That's the latest offer uh, for uh, from Eddie Hearn. And maybe he takes that fight and the, we got our main event. But let's say that fight doesn't happen. Where does Eddie Hearn and Joshua go from here? There's, one, the likelihood of the April 13 Wembley show just not happening at all, despite 
that venue being reserved for Joshua for several months. And if that fight doesn't happen, Joshua is more than likely going to go stateside, fight at Madison Square Garden in June against Jerome Miller, who will certainly take a fight almost immediately, regardless of what the offer is. Jerome Miller wants to face Anthony Joshua, and Eddie Hearn knows that Jerome Miller is not going to be a one that's going to be asking for a lot of money or demanding much to the point where negotiations are just not possible. So you already have a safety blanket right there. I hope that we get that fight. I hope we, well, I, I hope we get that fight sometime in the future because I think Joel Miller presents a very unique challenge to Anthony Joshua in the sense that Joshua, I don't think Joshua has ever faced a literal barrel uh, for, for an opponent because Miller just looks so big, so massive. And I, I know people want to call him fat because he weighs over, uh, he basically weighs 300 pounds when he steps into the ring. I don't see it that way. Gerald Miller, if you really look at him, you look at his weight, almost all of that is pure muscle. And he, he's just this wide, very strong opponent who, look, who moves very well for someone of his size, uh, mind you. And I, I think that's a very interesting fight. And headlining Madison Square guarding on the zone is a... It's a decent, it's a very, very attractive fight, in my opinion. I don't know if that's going to be the big, sexy fight that's going to drive up the Zoom subscribers, but it's certainly one that will get a lot of people's attention. At this point, I don't know where Joshua fights, because for so long, we've been convinced that Dillian White's going to be the guy to face Joshua, but now we we just don't know. We just don't know, because the initial offer given to White was not great. It was below what White made in his rematch against Derek Chisora, which I personally kind of find kind of insulting that White would get offered a shot at Joshua for less than what he made against Chisora. And even though that was a pay-per-view main event, White versus Chisora too, that's really not the kind. That's really... That's kind of a low blow to White. And I'm glad he's offered you know, more money in this instance. But right now, I have no idea what's going to happen. I really don't know what's going to happen with Joshua. I think we're probably going to get White. But the way Eddie Hearn's been talking about Jerome Miller and Joshua fighting on, on the zone in the U.S., it kind of leads me to believe that we're just going that we might get that after all that we're not going to see an April 13 Wembley show that we're just going to see Joshua go to the US and fight on Madison Square Garden and I'm not going to lie if Joshua does end up going to Madison Square Garden this summer I'm certainly going to uh, buy a plane ticket from Puerto Rico and head on over to New York because I want to see that fight I want to see Anthony Joshua uh make his US debut so, whew, I don't know. The Joshua, starting the year, we were all convinced that we were going to get Joshua versus Wilder. Or at the very least, before Wilder versus Fury last month, we were all convinced that we were going to get, finally, Joshua versus Wilder. But I don't think we're going to even get that in 2019. So, 
hopefully it does happen at some point at the you know we're at the point in time where i just want the fight to happen period if it takes two years fine so be it if it takes two months cool but right now we just don't know what's gonna happen and i think with joshua i really hope that he we get good fights instead of go uh cookie cutter or against fringe contenders which to his credit to josh's credit he has not had bad fights uh for quite some time he has not had bad fights since the klitschko fight because you look at the names that he's had klitschko after that it was well he faced carlos takam uh but it was supposed to be kubra pulev so i kind of discount that because takam was a last minute opponent uh kind of last second replacement after that we get joseph parker big name unification fight and then we got alexander povetkin which was a solid fight. It was a solid fight for how short it was. And Joshua, I think he's still the biggest heavyweight out there in terms of star power. But right now he needs to capitalize on his on his name brand and name value from the UK and translate that over into the US because Eddie Hearn, you know, he said it last week and for as great as Joshua is, for the biggest star as he is in the UK, you can't call yourself a global star and not come to the United States for a big fight. You can't. And even though, and we're at the point in time where, you know, there's more options to watch fights from all over the world, but fighting in the United States is still, you know, your your real test as a true global boxing star. And I think Joshua is going to eventually come to the United States. I don't know about it. I don't know if it's going to be in June against Jerome Miller. So we will see about that. There's really not a whole lot left on, you know, to talk about. There's plenty. There, there is a lot of stuff, kind of minor things to, to, to discuss, including the PBC card that's taking place this weekend on Saturday. Keith Thurman versus Jose Cito Lopez, WBA welterweight title. Uh, that's going to okay. I'm looking at this card from top to bottom, the the Fox card, I should say. And you know, the main event it is what it is. We know for a long time that Keith Thurman was going to have a fight against a name like Josecito Lopez, a guy who doesn't have a ton of momentum and is not ranked highly by a lot of you know pundits in the boxing community today he was not going to fight you know an Errol Spencer a Sean Porter Danny Garcia right off the gate coming out of first right elbow surgery and then a left hand injury he's been out for 22 months I think he's you know given he's owed a, a fight where he can shake out the ring rust against a lesser opponent I don't think there's anything wrong with that but the undercard, it's okay. It's not great by any stretch of the imagination. Co-main event is Adam Kanaki versus Gerald Washington, which is a decent heavyweight fight. It's not something that's going to, you know, blow the doors off the hinges at the, at the Barclays Center. It's going to, you know, be a big revelation, and people are going to say, this, this heavyweight fight is awesome. It could end up being that or something close, but, you know, Kanaki, if 
he's not knocking out guys early. He fights in very in kind of drawn out heavyweight fights that has their moments of being pretty solid affairs, but it's nothing truly memorable. If you know, if you catch my drift, Gerald Washington. The last time we saw him in a big fight was against Deontay Wilder uh, a couple of years back for the WBC heavyweight title, and Washington got you know soundly beaten by Wilder. It was still surprised there. So you kind of have that as your co-main event. You got Claudio Marrero against a man named King Tug and a featherweight title eliminator. This fight is good. It's good. I like it. You know, Claudio Marrero is a guy who's always been kind of there for the for the featherweight division. Never really, you know, been a guy that kind of, you know, that you can consider elite, but it's always a guy that you can count on to be in solid fights uh, against some some of the big names. He had the fight against a very competitive fight against Jesus Rojas. He had the he he had that ninety second knockout over Carlos Zambrano uh, in twenty seventeen, and he fought Jesus Cuellar. And you know he's been in some good scraps here and there, but the big name. Aside from Keith Thurman, it's obviously King Tug. Uh, Tungstall, um, I'm going to butcher his name. That's why I call him King Tug, and that, because that is his nickname. Uh, Tugstog Nyambayar. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be paying pay, pay attention to how Fox is going to pronounce his last name, because that's going to be the opening TV fight. That fight is apparently for the IBO uh, world title, and I have not seen any press saying that it is that. I know it is a feather, uh, featherweight title eliminator for the WBC title held by Gary Russell Jr. And I certainly am looking forward to that fight. That's the fight I'm looking forward to the most uh, on this card. But really, there's nothing on paper that tells you this card is going to be tremendous. Thurman versus Lopez could end up being good. Maybe drawn out at times as Thurman tries to shake off the ring rust. And I asked Josecito Lopez if he could be more aggressive early on in the fight to kind of take advantage of that. Josecito Lopez said, No, no, we're, we're going to take things round by round. We're going to, we're prepared to fight the best Keith Thurman out there. So we're not going to be, we're not necessarily going to be aggressive. But that kind of tells you, all right, this fight's not going to be three, four, five, six rounds. Now this is going to probably go 10, 11, 12. And I'm hesitant to think that that's going to be a good 12-round bout. It could be a good 4-5-6 round fight. Having it take place over the course of 36 minutes, I'm not so sure about that. I think Thurman's going to win this fight somewhat comfortably. I think Lopez might have a round or two where he's really going to kind of look impressive and threaten a little bit against uh, Keith Thurman, but I don't know. I, I don't know if if we're really going to see any surprises there. I think Kanaki's going to win fairly easily. I think King Tug is going to be Claudio Marrero. And I think he's going to win so by knockout. And Gary Russell Jr. versus King Tug. I think that's a really fun fight. I really am looking. I would so look forward to that fight. That should be a Fox main event. Be, and I think a lot of people should be paying attention to that fight if it does happen. If he get, gets a great performance against King, King Tug. 
But it is a Fox card, so we're probably going to see a, a nice viewership. They've been doing a lot of commercials for keep for for the fight on several television stations, so I think we're going to get a solid viewership. We we know how great a fight against Jose, uh, um, how great the viewership was for the first PBC card from a couple of weeks back was with all the advertising and all the TV exposure it's been getting. Now imagine putting it on on Fox with the with PBC going full force and trying to really market a lot of these big stars. And I really do think that we're going to get, you know, we're going to see a lot of people tune in. I don't know if 2 million is too high a number for Turner versus Lopez. I think we could see somewhere between, you know, 1.5 and 1.75 million because it is still a not so exciting fight to a lot of non uh to a lot of casual fans or non-boxing fans. So that's not something people are going to tune in immediately, but who knows? Maybe we're going to see that fight go really, really well uh, in the viewership. And if we're to go off of anything from the PBC pay-per-view buy race for the two shows they've done in the last couple of months and the FS1 card that they did in Los Angeles a couple of weeks ago, uh, I think this is going to be a really strong year for, for PBC. They've done very well up, up to this point with getting... All their stars fights already, or at least most of their stars already, you know, for the first few months of 2019. And there's still a lot of big fights to be made in the summer, the fall, the end of 2019. So I'm excited for it. I'm this is gonna be a great time for boxing. And hopefully we hopefully we keep the momentum rolling. Boxing's in a really good place right now with the zone ESPN and Fox and Showtime putting together these great fights and great cards. I'm excited for it. So, yeah, let me know what you think about these cards. Are you excited for uh, Thurman versus Lopez? Are you excited for what's to come for boxing in the next, uh, for this year and beyond? Then that about wraps it up for this edition of the Fightful Boxing Podcast. Leave us a thumbs up, subscribe to our new Fightful Boxing and, uh, M- and MMA YouTube channel. We- we're putting out plenty of content every single day from news, from fight recaps, from... From press conference recaps in 90 seconds that Sean Ross Sapp does really, really well with the UFC paper, uh, press conferences. So we got plenty of stuff out there. We I put out uh, a couple of days ago the the audio of me asking Keith Thurman and Josecito Lopez about their, their fights. And I asked Keith Thurman about a potential fight against Manny Pacquiao. He said he's up for it. So, yeah, all of that, you can find that on our new Fightful MMA Unboxing YouTube page. So that about wraps it up for this edition of the Fightful Boxing Podcast. Head on over to FightfulBoxing.com for the latest edition of the Fightful Boxing Newsletter. Head on over to FightfulMMA.com for all the latest in MMA. Fightful.com for all the latest news regarding boxing, MMA, and pro wrestling. That's the great thing about Fightful.com. If you don't like... Boxing, you can head on over to MMA and pro wrestling. You don't like pro wrestling, we got MMA and boxing. You don't like MMA, we you can. If you don't like MMA or pro wrestling, you can just look at our boxing page and just get all your news from that sport alone. That's so. That's what's so great about Fightful. It is the premier crossover destination for combat sports. And until next time, Carlos Toro of FightfulBoxing.com. We're out.